This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. Attending a concert isn't merely a matter of listening to music performed live. Among other things, it is also sharing music with the rest of the audience and sitting communally under the leadership of the performer. In a way, says guitarist Dr. Ivar Fojas, the performer conducts the audience. It is these experiences that Fojas invites us to rediscover more than two years since the pandemic closed concert halls and as the cultural center of the Philippines caps its special concert series. The concert takes place at the CCP's newly inaugurated Black Box Theater and features music that Fojas transcribed and learned during the course of the pandemic. However, it is not something fresh off the line. Although it happens on November 16, the concert has roots going back not only to 2019 when plans for the series were laid down, but to the early days of Fohas's professional career. The backbone of the program is music that he has played and loved through the years. Has it perhaps grown stale in storage? Surely not. After all, what better way to rediscover the magic of performing on stage than with music close to one's heart? Fohas tells us about the background of the concert and his preparations for it, but first, a guitar transcription of Domenico Scarlatti's Sonata in G Major, K14. Welcome guitarist Ivar Fohas. Thank you. 
course, the beginning of the pandemic, I was learning new repertoire. Like everybody else, we had to have an outlet. So mine was transcribing and um, arranging dream pieces that I've always wanted to play, but uh. there was no music <laughs> score or no arrangement for solo guitar. Like the repertoire of the Assad Brothers, I've always gravitated towards Brazilian music, maybe because of them, because of my professor was very much into Brazilian music as well. Um, recording at home. So I did a series called Home Recording yeah. <laughs> where I did some Baroque guitar music, mm -hmm. some Sergio Asad transcriptions that I made. I did a few um, tune-up performances. I gathered some of my friends, some of the supporters of, from Guitar Friends, invited some of the guitar friends and I performed for them. We had lunch, mm -hmm. but that was it. But lately, my access to the recital hall resumed. So right away, every Friday, my students at PW, Makiling, they would come and we would do live performances. The series itself, I think it used to be called the Filipino Artist Series, but now it's called the Special Concert Series. And this is the first one. Mm -hmm. You know, this was planned before the pandemic, 2019, <laughs> when I was invited to do this concert. Now it's 2022. We had an uncertain future during the lockdown. I kept getting updates and they were very good to keep me abreast of, okay, we're planning to do the concert next year and then the next year. And um, this is in their new Tanghalang Ignacio Jimenez or the new Black Box Theater as they call it. It's a really wonderful brand new theater across PICC. It's a standalone modern structure on the CCP complex. I happened to see the interior because I was teaching for the Kabataan Gitarisa. I was mentoring them. And that was our first venue post-pandemic for rehearsals. It's one of our premier venues now. You wanted to know how I became involved with this concert series. Well, it was by way of Miss Menchi Mantaring, teacher at Philippine High School for the Arts, formerly at the UP College of Music. She also used to have the CCP artist training program as well as the music programming at the Cultural Center of the Philippines. This was way back in 2019 when she had invited me to help mentor the young scholars at the CCP's Kabataang Guitarista. Subsequently, she invited me to be part of the special concert series for 2020, I think. And here we are, three years forward. Briefly about the music. The music consists of Spanish composers like Joaquin Rodrigo, Antonio Ruiz Pipo, Isaac Albeniz, and Federico Moreno Toroba. These are pieces that I um, kind of grew up with. And of course, there's the honorary Spaniard, the Italian Baroque keyboardist, Domenico Scarlatti. He lived most of his life in Spain and his music was more Spanish than Italian. I also included Brazilian-inspired music, which I mentioned before, I gravitate towards the music of Sergio Assad, who I was able to have lessons with, and also the music of his daughter, Clarice Assad, who I met when they performed in Tucson, where I was finishing my doctorate back then. Building the program, with this program, it took about six months of learning or relearning how to perform again for a live audience. I found myself really, you know, revisiting my old pieces from the past up to the present. 
the music that I learned while I was in undergrad in Diliman and the music that I was performing during the time that I was teaching at UP Los Baños. I actually performed quite a lot in that area and had a handful of repertoires that I would go to. And then, of course, the music that I learned while I was in Tucson in the U.S. In a way, it's kind of a journey, a revisiting of my growth as a musician. But really, I wanted to play my favorite pieces. <laughs> and of course, new pieces that I learned during the pandemic. You know, it takes quite a while to prepare a piece for performance. The first part of the program, um, these are transcriptions of keyboard music. So we have sonatas from Scarlatti, piano pieces by Albanese from Espana Opus 165, and original guitar works, Antonio Ruiz Pipo's Cancion y Danza, uh, Manuel Ponce's Prelude and Jig, and of course, Federico Moreno Toroba's Sonatina.
That was guitarist Ivar Fohas performing his own arrangement of Sergio Assad's Menino. We continue with our interview. For the transcription that I made, this is Sergio Assad's Menino, which he wrote for his older brother, Sito. You see, a Menino means boy or young boy in Portuguese. An equally poignant and lyrical piece is the last song, actually for piano, transcribed by David Russell for the guitar. This was written by Clarice Assad, the daughter of Sergio Assad. And lastly, for this program, I decided to include one of my favorite pieces that I haven't really performed in a while, maybe 10, 15 years. This is the Saudage number no. three by the French guitarist Roland Dion's. Um, there's a little backstory to this. I actually had the fortune of meeting and playing this iconic piece for the composer himself. I was able to record it on video, and you'll see it on my YouTube channel. You'll see Roland Dion's himself taking the guitar from me, and at the end of the lesson, he performed the entire piece, showing me every little nuance. It's like a didactic concert of sorts. Roland Dion's is a towering figure of the classical guitar. And back then, in 2013, when I was able to play this iconic Saudade number no. 3 for him, it was kind of risky, as he himself musingly remarked. It was kind of dangerous to play his compositions for him. He was very exacting. <laughs> that was the reason. So I was naive also. <laughs> I just knew he was a guitar hero of mine. This was one of my favorite pieces. I wanted to play it for him. But it really worked out well. It gave me a small glimpse into his genius and left me with an unforgettable lesson. He was really um, thorough, very exacting, but he was genuinely helpful. Also humorous and full of wit. He even asked me, do you know who the composer is? And I said, you? This elicited some laughter from the audience and that kind of pacified my nerves. So I actually performed the piece for him, the first edition of it. And 25 years or 20 years later, he republished, re-edited it, changed a lot of things, slower tempo. And that's the version of the score that we worked with. So that's what I'll be using the latest edition of the Sodaje number three. What did it take for you to retrain yourself for the concert stage? I kind of really had to learn how to play guitar from zero practice to um, three hours to four hours, back to my original goal of six hours every day, which was a little bit difficult because of my work in the academe. You know, during the pandemic, I got married and my wife probably didn't see me touch the guitar for the first year of our marriage. That was kind of strange for me that she didn't experience me in my full capacity as practicing every day until I had to get back to preparing for the concert. And there's no better way to prepare for concerts than really um, performing in front of a live audience, whether it's one person online or me and my students during Monday nights through Zoom. The pressure is still the same or over lunch um, or a soiree at the friend's house. You have to schedule these. You have to have tune-up performances, same way that I used to do tune-up races if I have a longer triathlon or foot race. I don't think there's a substitute for that. It's important also to prepare myself psychologically. When I play for a concert, it's different from competing. 
I try to really imagine or, you know, it, it, is, it is the truth also that the audience comes there with open hearts and open minds. They went out of their way to buy the ticket, commute, just to hear your music. And it's a special thing. It's a communal thing also to have the same group of people listening to the same melody, the same rhythm. Really, you have a captive audience. And for maybe an hour or so, you have their hearts. I think that's quite powerful. Being a performer, especially a solo performer on stage, it's like you're a sorcerer or an alchemist, but of feelings. Not of magic, but, you know, we say music is magic as well, so... So there is that. <laughs> this is something of a, a rediscovery for you, as it were. You are revisiting pieces that are your favorites, and you are returning to the concert stage after more than two years of the pandemic. So this is a pretty significant concert. What do you want your audience to go home with? I want my audience just to join me in rediscovering my music, my favorite pieces, and myself, because, you know, during the pandemic, you kind of lose the idea that you're a performer. Sometimes I have to watch videos of myself to kind of prove and convince to myself, like, you used to play concerts. You know how to do this. You should be okay. And really, the repertoire that I prepared is the repertoire that I really love and enjoy for no other reason than the goosebumps, the pure joy that I get from performing it. So I want the audience to really come there with an open mind, really, and just absorb the music. You know, I have always have this intention of trying not to impress the audience. I try to focus on feeling the music and hopefully by at the same vein, moving the audience. I hope after the concert, they're able to feel some emotions, some joy, some nostalgia that they haven't felt since before the pandemic.
That was the Jongo from Sergio Assad's Sweet Brasileira No. 4, performed by guitarist Ivar Fojas. Earlier, we heard Fojas in Domenico Scarlatti's Sonata in G Major, K14, and his own arrangement of Assad's Menino. Fojas performed some of his beloved pieces and newer transcriptions to close the special concert series of the Cultural Center of the Philippines. The event happens on November 16, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. at the CCP's newly inaugurated Black Box Theater. For more information, visit culturalcenter.gov.ph or facebook.com slash culturalcenterofthePhilippines. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Sunday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel. Thank you for listening.